0: Previously, on the Untitled Beatles podcast.
1: Well, I've never been to England But I kind of
2: What does Beatles-esque mean? All of my songs are from 1879. Could be like a little thing, like the piccolo trumpet flourish or something. Like suddenly, your song sounds like the Beatles. There's
0: no song that's more ubiquitously Beatles-esque. Then Rockwell's,
2: Somebody's Watching Me. I wouldn't say it's my least favorite. Like, if I hear it, I'm not sure I get angry.
0: No offense. I know you're more of a fan than I am.
2: <laughs> Honestly, man, it really is. I hate to say it, but the it's the algorithm. George used to shit on Oasis, which is very funny. Canada trivia for you. All clowns in Canada are on horseback.
0: One could argue Death to Smoochie was my generation's Schindler's List. Well, well. You strike me as someone who didn't love Billy Joel. TJ,
2: you and I might have different ideas about what Beatle-esque means. That's more Beatle-ish. Untitled Beatles Podcast. Next up on my list is that band of Montreal. They weren't from Montreal. They were from Athens, Georgia. They were part of that whole Elephant Six scene that was this kind of uh, psychedelic brother and sisterhood uh, and, and... otherhood of uh like-minded bands think apples and stereo olivia tremor control denver was also a, a city that had these kind of bands that were all into each other and uh beulah and branched out into brooklyn san francisco anyway of montreal and they're still around kevin barnes he's he's also a very prolific dude i like him a lot from their first release in 97 uh it was kind of a long EP, or maybe it's a, an album, but it's called The Bird Who Continues to Eat the Rabbit's Flower, in which they cover Yoko Ono's I Felt Like Smashing My Head against a, a, Through a Play Glass Window.
1: All day long, I felt like Smashing my face through a clear glass window
2: Which is the first version I ever heard of that song, which got oh. me into Yoko Ono. And they also cover The Who's Disguises.
1: You're disguises Occasionally it surprises me when she turns out to be you this guy's
2: Which is one of their kind of obscure uh, songs when they were a singles band. They have a song called You Are an Aeroplane. And when I first heard this song, I want to say that I first heard this band, someone was actually playing them at Reckless Records while I was shopping. And I was like, who's this? cool and they were like of oh, Montreal you know then turned away from me so I wouldn't ask any more questions <laughs> 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 and I was like oh well I gotta so I found the cd or whatever they had of it and it was anyway so uh when I first heard this song I was just uh, the verse is fine but when the chorus kicks in it just yeah it's magical I wrote down Tony right <laughs> I think it all has to do with them going into that unexpected minor chord in the chorus. And when that happened, I got like the same goosebumps I may have had when I first heard the chord in I Want to Hold Your Hand.
1: I think you understand.
2: It's one of those aha chords that's just like, oh, you just like opened up a part of my brain that I didn't know was there yet. So I've always loved this song. I hope I'm not over hyping it. But, uh, there's plenty of other songs too that they have. This just happened to be the one I picked. That uh, you know, it's, sometimes it's the first song that that grabs you. And uh, yeah, I just thought Beatles.
0: Not necessarily a Beatles influenced song, but my favorite Aha chord, Tony, is.
1: <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> that's my favorite Aha chord. That is. Um, I mean, you know. You know. We, how do I put this? As improv comedians of a certain age, folks, we do improvisation. Give us any Thank suggestion you. right now.
2: Thank you. Great. Uh,
0: I heard a Starbucks bathroom. Thanks. <laughs> no. Dude, I, I thought he was in a band. I didn't know this was going to be like an improv show. You know? I feel like my generation of improvisers was taught to not like Family Guy. I don't know if you felt like I felt like.
2: Interesting. I didn't watch it. That's, uh, that's uh, something. I, yeah, I don't know those references when people make them. I know that one guy has a head shaped like a football and the other and the, the other his chin looks like balls. And I'm always like, OK, it's a little too. I don't want to watch that. <laughs>
0: there's, there, there's some family guy like early family guy when I was like in colleges that I, I really do find funny. They do a parody of the Take On Me video. With uh, where they're grocery shopping and the video happens, you you can't describe Family Guy bit, but the son Christopher winds up being taken into the video and he has no idea where it's just. It's a funny kind of homage to it. It's a good bit. why have you been i don't know i don't know why else i brought that up other than for the sake of saying it's okay to like the fa- it's not as good as the simpsons can we all be clear on that there's so many simpsons episodes i've probably seen 30 percent of the simpsons episodes because yeah there's 10 at this point,
2: 000 episodes yeah at this point i mean i think i remember dropping off sometime in the early 2000s <laughs> it's like- I turned it off because
0: most of my TV in the early 2000s was with O'Reilly Factor at 8 and Hannity. I'd only watch when that effing idiot Combs was off. <laughs> oh, <like> P. Diddy? <laughs> Sean Puffy Combs. Hannity and Sean Puffy Combs. Why <laughs> did that show ever happen?
1: Fuck my enemies. Fuck my foes. Damn these hoes. You're stepping on my toes. Like a pork me.
0: Fuck you, Sean Hannity. At any rate, I love this song. Among my notes, I'd never heard this. I, I wrote that chorus is uh, magic when the shakers come in, those yes. power rock, yes, the power rock chords, the sings a little off key, but also not in a way that's fucking awesome. There's the bridge, tempo, and key shifts. The, the line, the way you live your life makes me nervous is one of my favorite lines I've ever heard in a rock song if you die i'd have no reason to be alive because you're my only friend
2: yeah he got real I love this song i want to hear
0: this song a million times over and over again Take away.
2: The whole record is good. Yeah, those those early records, uh, they their sound has since changed. They've become more kind of jammy and more electronic in recent years. But those early records where they have this elephant six psychedelic Beatles sound uh, resonated the most with me. They have a bunch of records, man. You might. Yeah. Yeah. Spend some time with them. The early stuff, you might really dig a lot of that.
0: It, it's tough. I don't have a lot of time, so it's either like, is it Elephant Six or Elephant's Memory? And I'm going with the uh, latter because of their hardcore sax playing. <laughs> You're a bigger Kinks fan than I am, though. I do love the Kinks. This to me felt like a Kinks tune a little bit. Oh, Did that totally. feel that to you a little?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really, honestly, yeah. The way like a lot of his songs have these kind of stories, especially their uh, third album, The Gay Parade. It's almost like this concept album about all the people that live in this uh, village or whatever it is, or at least that's how it reads to me. And so there are a lot of these like very Ray Davies kind of songs about people like well-respected man of fashion kind of things with all these details.
1: Because he gets up in the morning and he goes to work at night and he comes back home at 5:30 gets the same train every time
2: yeah it's it's very anglophile as well yeah good band man <laughs> they were a good band i can't wait to deep
0: dive them i'll make this next one quick um it is from my second favorite band after the beatles uh it's the cast album to rent <laughs> call back motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a Ben Folds five from their 97 album, whatever, and ever, amen. They'd had an album a year or two before that, that was self-titled that ah. I I missed. I, I didn't know it.
2: I think it was probably like on a self-release. There's on some crazy indie, right? Cause it's, it's on the- an indie
0: label. Caroline yeah. records, I think was a label. Oh, Caroline wrong. had Ben Folds. Yeah. For, for their first debut. Wow. They had a single that made the rounds around North Carolina when they were just getting big. So Where they're they got from? signed yeah. to Caroline. Yeah. Um, But this next album that was on Epic called Whatever and Ever Amen, I first heard it on a road trip for a Second City corporate gig. I was 24 years old, a road trip to Milwaukee. Good guy named Brett Scott was driving us up to Milwaukee. I was a piano player. He was an actor older than me. And he goes, hey, you play piano. Have you ever heard of this band? And he put in a mixtape cassette in his car of this (laughs) Ben Folds 5 album. There's a song on there called Kate. And this whole song feels inspired by You Won't See Me. The lyric Ah. content's different, obviously, but it's kind of, Ben Fold's a piano player, obviously, but it's got this pounding piano song, and the bridge goes into an ooh-la-la-la that feels directly inspired from Rubber Soul Era Beatles. I love the song on its own, but when I heard the Beatle connection, I remember the chills I got from hearing this. This song feels like a love letter to Rubber Soul Era Beatles.
2: Yeah, when those ooh la las kicked in, and that's that to me was like, ah, this is definitely like I hear the Beatles. There was like the fuzz bass in there too, which is also yeah. very think for think yourself. Think for yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. And then the kind of the wild card overdubs that are more of a revolver or a Sergeant Pepper. The vibra slap is what I'm getting at, you know, yes. being in there. Footsteps. Yeah, it checks a lot of those Beatle boxes, you know. It's a it's a well-composed... Maybe that's the one thing we're all just glossing over is like, oh, these are all well-composed songs that are played well and have interesting things going on. Maybe that's Beatlesque, you know? Yes. I mean,
0: <laughs> Ben Folds opens with a piano trick to the rhythm where you think it's a different rhythm than it really is getting into it, which feels like a Beatle moment. There's some documentary that Ben Folds did... You know what it was? It was like Ben Folds, brought to you by the Bonefish Grill. It was like something <laughs> like that a couple of years ago. Bonefish, Don't live in a city. Get your seafood <laughs> at the Bonefish Grill. <laughs> Bonefish Grill's not bad. I will. It is. It is. I will. I yeah, will say that. My I've mom had it a always suggests
2: we go there.
0: <laughs> it, it's good. It is not. It is not Olive Garden. It is not Red Lobster. It's not Chili's. Like a step and a half <laughs> up in those places. Um. But they asked him about the Beatles and the influence. And he had, you know, Ben Folds is funny, right? And he has this very yeah. funny answer. He's like, fuck. He goes, the problem with the fucking Beatles. he's of course I love the Beatles. The problem with the Beatles is they did everything. Piano rock did it. Hard rock did it. Soft rock did it. He goes, the fucking Beatles did everything. And you come up with ideas and you go, oh, the Beatles did that already. Which to me is one of the great compliments you can offer. The opposite of Michael Stipe. Being like, oh, I was never influenced by the Beatles. They don't mean anything to me. Really? Then why are you singing number nine Dream? Because your last two albums didn't sell? Guy? Things rough in Athens, Georgia? Buddy?
2: Yeah. R.E.M. Not part of the Elephant Six Collective, so.
0: (laughs) And that's the elephant in the proverbial room. But yeah, so I I love Ben Folds, and he's got a lot of Beatle influences throughout his career, but this one's just on the nose.
2: Yeah. No, this is a good song. I always liked, uh, yeah. I'm not as huge a fan as you and KCR, but I've always liked Ben Folds. I've always liked his music and I dug that there was an indie rock band happening in the nineties. That was piano focused, right? You know, the only one, I think it was so guitar, you know, nineties were very much about guitars. So I remember stumbling upon like M two or MTV, like alternative 120 minutes or whatever, played one of their videos once when I was out in the desert and, uh, it might have been before. It might have been when that. Maybe it was when they were on Caroline. Because I remember I was like, I couldn't find their records in the record stores. Sure. Yeah. But also, that was hard in the desert. You had to special order it, anything if it was on an indie or whatever.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, their biggest hit is the one everybody knows. The only song that was a hit is this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Brick. It's their their most popular song, right? The Uh, most popular one. I think it's got the most plays on the thing, on the streaming. Yeah. This is a band that I stumbled upon. Once again, this is like, yeah, the algorithm set this band up to me, and I'm really happy about it. It's two guys. They're called Coffee. It's spelled like cough, like with a Y after it. And they put this record out a couple years ago, Ocean Hug. It's a 2019 release. And uh, I I think their goal was to just create one minute songs that were very poppy and have as as many things and left turns going on as possible, and they succeeded. And all the songs are named letters, so it's like their hits include my favorites. Some of my favorite coffee songs are T, B, <laughs> and F. <laughs> but the one that I selected as like. One of their more Beatlesque-sounding songs is uh, the song "I." <laughs> I thought
0: it was one. I saw, <laughs> I saw coffee one. I'm like, okay, all right. I wonder how coffee two sounds. If the, wind, the
1: dark-
2: But yeah, so this is like, this song's like a minute and 12 or however long it is. To me, it's like, they're all great little, mean little mustards. They're all little things that could have fit into like a different version of the long one. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. If they were synced up with the right key and all that stuff.
0: One with Her Majesty in the middle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and just, yeah. <laughs> and put that in the middle. They're just a new band that... Uh, you know, I don't think they're overly Beatly influenced, but I got a Beatle vibe off of uh some of their stuff. Also, like guided by voices, Ween, another genre hopping Ween. band that could also have there's some Beatles, there's some Ween songs that definitely sound like the Beatles.
0: <laughs> Not Mr. Richard Smoker, which you can't <laughs> play anymore.
1: Billy Bobber, Billy Bobber, Billy Bobber Bob. Mr. Richard Smoker, you're an no
2: yoker. We've had to cancel Mr. Richards. Or the HIV song. Yeah, that doesn't sound do like it. the Beatles, but they have like what the that's what Diener was talking about. There's a ween song that sounds like the Beatles from that chocolate and cheese record. The sun
1: comes up and I'm all washed out. Is this what Diener was talking about?
0: And even Push the Little Daisies and Make Them Come Up is kind of a weird, almost like a Beatles novelty
2: song. Push the
1: little daisies and make them
2: Yeah, it's it's like a, what's, what's the new Mary Jane? <laughs> exactly. it's, what's the new Mary Jane was a hit somehow.
0: Right, you know, are they singing about Peruvian lamb?
2: <laughs> she
1: tastes Mongolian
2: lamb? What'd you think of these guys? I mean, so you had one minute, you know.
0: I liked it. I, You know, I was into it. And then what really got me, there's a white album moment. At least this is what my note says when that power chord comes in. <laughs> yeah. That felt like a White Album moment to me, like a disc two White Album moment.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then even that chord goes in a different place, too. It goes like down or something like that. And then that's all you get. And then that's the song. It's, It's cool that way. Yeah. To me, it was also like the brevity sometimes of the Beatles, you know, sometimes they had those shorty little things.
0: Well, that's what's great about the Beatles, and that's that's why I like the 20 Greatest Hits version of <laughs> Hey June. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Had to be said, why isn't that on CD with the Beatles' ballads? <laughs> I love Angry Chicago Guy, who's a, how come a collection of Beatles oldies didn't get a CD reissue? <laughs> a He's at Beatlefest <laughs> under the stairs at the, uh, the Hyatt. Um, So, okay I'm going to go to a song that's Somewhat Beatle related And that's, um, we mentioned this in the show a couple Weeks ago, Tony, and that's Bad Fingers No Matter What from the album No Dice.
2: Great song. Now,
0: great Fucking song. I believe my favorite Bad Fingers song, Mal Evans produced it That's why there's so much uh, Anvil (laughs) Um, Written by America's least favorite non-kosher Artist, Pete (laughs) Ham Um (laughs) It's almost Passover. Why are you talking about Pete Ham? Yeah, do
2: you, do you play Badfinger during Passover, TJ, or is it like one, a Lend thing where you don't
0: play? <laughs> one band you're not allowed to play. <laughs> Did you know that it took Carrie to tell me? I used to think that McDonald's advertising fillet of fish in March was because it was a way to encourage people to get excited about spring and summer coming. And Carrie's like, no, it's for Lent. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. And for years, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like shamrock shake. It gets people excited that spring's coming. That's why there's all these fish sandwich commercials right now. It makes you think of spring and summer. Carrie's like, no, logic. it's
2: for Lent. Honest to God. You know, because fish are seasonal, they only come around around <laughs> they hibernate in the winter
0: it's what that tom petty song don't come around here no more it's about fish in the winter hey! bad fingers no matter what my favorite bad finger tune and unlike come and get it written by paul like i said pete ham wrote this It's from the album No Dice, which also featured risque riffs from Nursery Rhymes. (laughs) Rova took over. He got a bone of his
2: own. No, No, it's No Dice, TJ. That was not on the record. See, that's why they called it No Dice, because they didn't put Andrew Dice Clay on there. (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) when they were the (laughs) Ivies, the whole B-side was just dice routines. (laughs)
1: Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet Eating her curds and whey. Long came a spidey, sat down beside He said, hey, what's in the bowl, bitch?
0: At any rate, I don't think any Bad Fingers song Sounds more like mid-period Beatles than this thing This is power chord after hook After power chord after hook I love this song
2: I think it might be my favorite of theirs too,
0: yeah, me too. and it looks it, I get the forty five it looks great seeing this on Apple. It further connects this song to the Beatles because it's on the Apple label.
2: yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, there's definitely a connection there, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a great song. I mean that that chorus is unforgettable it, It's as big as a as a it feels like a Beatles song it does uh I love that big fun gap that's in the middle of the song too. And that's one of those things that I think DJs used to have fun back then. They'd cram as many words as they could into the, like the DJ would come on during the big break and be like, be the 10th caller and oh, or whatever, you know. They'd say something silly, some Wolfman Jack, whatever their catchphrase, you know, soccer to me or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Look that up in your fucking Wagnalls, you know, <laughs> like they used to say on TV back then. See, back then you used to be able to swear on... Uh, what was that show? Laughing. Laughing? <laughs> Rowan and Martin's Laughing? Rowan and Martin, yes. <laughs> Look
1: that up in your funkin' Wagnalls. <laughs> that's a dictionary, you know. Oh,
0: that's so funny. Yeah, so that's, that, that's
2: a big one of mine. <laughs> that's a good one. Good pick, man. Good pick. All right. Um, let me pick one from a similar area. This is a record I actually. Uh, when did I get into this record? Honestly, probably like six years ago. So it wasn't in high school. This is the Bee Gees, 1968, their horizontal record, which I think it's their second album. But uh, it's cool, man. I think I got it because I want to say Words is on that record. Uh. And I've always liked that song. And believe it or not, the first version I ever heard of the Bee Gees Words was by Elvis, who covered it in his 69 concerts. There's a lot of songs that sound like The Beatles. It's that era. They have kind of similar voices. They would later become The Beatles. They would later arguably improve on Sgt. Pepper. You know, after the movie, as you know, TJ, people won't even remember the original Sgt. Pepper. They'll know it as the Bee Gees version.
0: It's With the Bee Gees version, it's as if Sgt. Pepper's never existed. Yeah, The Beatles aren't a live act anymore anyway, so the Bee Gees took the Sgt. Pepper mantle.
2: (laughs) Yes. So before all that, they were they were laying the groundwork for that to happen later on in the 70s by putting out this horizontal record. There's a song called Lemons Never Forget, which is a silly title, but it's also 1968. To me, it's a very like pepper sounding record. There's vocal cadences in there. The rhythm of the vocal that remind me of Strawberry Fields Forever. That kind of the way that Lennon kind of laconically like, you know, it doesn't matter much to me, like the way he kind of spoke, sang Words and it has kind of like a leapfrog, lily pad hopping kind of a feel to it. uh, I get from this song, and yeah, yeah, I always got like a pepper vibe off this song. This song to me is Beatlesque.
0: I had a problem with this one because mm. the YouTube link you sent had the cover of the album and the cover of Horizontal is terrifying. I'll never unsee it. Wait. The young Bee Gees are creepy. The
2: young Bee Gees creep me out. Oh. <laughs> Look at them in that picture. Yeah, let me pull the pi- I mean, I have this. I, have, I bought this record on vinyl. Like, I bought it just at a store for under $10. One of those things. Let me see here. Yes.
0: Take the under on this record. <laughs> You know, I like the song, but it's funny because I always forget this era of the Bee Gees existed. It's as if the Stones stopped at satisfaction and suddenly switched to only emotional rescue. It's like (laughs) what the Bee Gees path was, right? Because this stuff went by the wayside when Saturday Night Fever hit and it was all jive talking and all the disco stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. No, their sound completely, completely changed. I'm looking at the album cover. I mean, you know, the one guy in the middle looks a little murderous. I don't know which one he is.
0: Lepo Gib, There's like nine gifts. One's a wolfman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> By Wolfman Jack. For it. No, I thought the song was good. And in fact, it inspired me. There's a couple early Bee Gees songs that I've heard I don't own. Like, what's the one? You don't know what it's like. Oh, yeah. To love
2: somebody. That's great.
1: To love somebody. To love
0: somebody. The way I love you. To love somebody. That's another that's a Beatles type BG song I was looking yeah. too. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a good one. And the Animals covered that really well on the very last uh, Eric Burden and the Animals record. Oh really? Also okay. released in 68. Yeah. The one that uh, what's his name? From the police plays on. Andy Summers plays on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a good record. It's a double record. But it's good. It's good. Yeah, river deep, mountain high on it. Anyway, we're getting
0: <laughs> sure. But no, I, I I thought I'd never heard the song. I thought it was cool. I just don't want to see the cover. <laughs> I I'd I like it tomorrow. I Never knows cover that just says file under rock. <laughs> That's all I want. That's a great one. I cheated by bringing up a BG song that I is not on my list. So I'll go very quick with this next one. Oh, let me say right now, there's a few bands I left off. Like I left off pavement. I left off squeeze. There's a few crowded oh, yeah. house. Uh, Don't Dream It's Over. always feel like a, a Beatles song to me, but there's a band that was huge in the 80s that I don't love the entire band, but I love a small part of their career, and it's a band called Tears for Fears. Oh, yeah, yes. And... The album Songs from the Big Chair was a big album for me in like fifth and sixth grade. I lived on that cassette tape at camp. Everybody Wants to Rule the World is one of my favorite songs of the 80s, at least till Dennis Miller ruined it when Dennis Miller got crazy and did a radio show where he mm. just said the wrong thing about, you know, everything. Sure. He kind of copped this. But I love, remember the video? I love Everyone's to Rule the World. But in 89, Tears for Fears released kind of a 60s psychedelic album called Sowing in the Seeds of Love. And that title track, which like the, the 45 version was like five and a half minutes, yes. um, is very Beatle influenced and in fact has a piccolo trumpet solo like Penny Lane. And it was so Beatle influenced, Tears or Fears took shit, this isn't 89, for kind of copying the Sgt. Pepper magical mystery tour summer of love thing. I've got a bootleg concert that Tears of Ears did in like 80 or 90 when they played this. And they basically, they say, you know, some people say we plagiarize, but music is for everyone. And they, from that, Tony, go into All You Need Is Love, a really kind of mellow, soft version of it. And then they go right from that into this song. So their lineage with the Beatles was obvious So, I don't look at it as a ripoff. I look at it as an homage. You know, when the Sgt. Pepper CD came out in 87, the 20 years ago today anniversary, the Beatles were kind of back. I mean, Sgt. Pepper was the biggest selling CD, I think, of, of that year. So, I don't begrudge a band that was working on an album then to have been inspired by the reigniting of the Summer of Love. So, I love this song.
2: remember that uh that concert that bootleg because I wasn't Ringo in the audience and he went Judas <laughs> right or am I mixing <laughs> up my <laughs> No that was a McCarthy show where he wanted Hey Jude played <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to play drums for a Judas
1: <laughs> okay, a just <laughs>
2: No that's a good pick man that's a good yeah. pick. Yeah yeah we almost have all the decades covered here yeah, we've got every decade covered. Let me throw – yeah, let's let's do a couple more, one oh, or great. two more, however many more. But uh, all right, so I'm going to – this is – I, lo- I love these guys. They're controversial. They're no longer with us. Uh, they're called the Frogs. They were a uh, a duo. They were brothers, Jimmy and Dennis Fleming. We lost Dennis. He drowned like 10 years ago, actually. It was very oh, – God. Yeah, man. It was a bummer. I, 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 I got a chance to see these guys uh, – They had a a gift for pop sensibilities and also just a very silly, stupid, crass sense of humor. But they were a very fun. They're a fun band. I I resist to bring them up a little bit because people might look up their songs and be like, oh, they're awful. They they had a point of view on things that was (sighs) satire. It's satiric. Everything is satirical, but people don't understand satire these days. So I resist bringing them up, but I love them. Pearl Jam loved them, brought them on tour. In fact, Pearl Jam wrote a song about these guys called Future Days, at least about Dennis. Uh, pumpkins love them, and they they opened up for the Pumpkins. But they have a song that was released last year. They've been putting out their stuff, these kind of joke songs. Some of the songs are not that jokey either, and this is one of them. It's called The World Will Never Change. And it, there's something, it's just an acoustic guitar song has a demo quality to it and there's some other guitar overdubs on it but it's just very poppy and has that melancholy vibe about it that uh yeah to me to me it could fit somewhere in that kind of uh white album easher demo era
1: no matter what song that's
0: I like this song a lot. And to me, it's, I wrote, it sounds like your sweet spot between If I Fell and End, I Love Her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, kind of, it, it feels like a very early Beatles, Tony sweet spot song for
2: me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. You know, they have a bunch of them too. I mean, here's what it is. They were this jokey band. I feel like if, if John Lennon were alive when these guys were around, there's a part of me that really thinks he would have loved these guys. A lot of their songs were just off the cuff And the lyrics were improvised And they were just having fun And it reminds me a lot of those moments That the Beatles had that we saw during Get Back When they're just screwing around making songs up Sometimes making lyrics up As John was quite wont to do at times So that's why I like this band a lot uh, This song's like There's a song called I'm Sad the Goat Just Died Today That that could be a John Lennon character song So I think it's
0: also That song's cut from Ram <laughs> Yeah
2: and then one last thing on these guys. I saw them live, like I said, a couple times. One time I saw them at the beat kitchen and they were doing like their Springsteen set. They were like playing for like three hours. And at one point they were like, what do you want to do? And they go into, I should have known better. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they did that. Like, you know, early Beatles, like deep cut Beatles, you know, so they were a fun band, man. They were cool.
0: I love that uh, I, I wrote It's a great tune I like the minor twist In the last chord After they're singing yeah. them, How the, the world will never change uh, They sing the world will never change It's almost like The Ask Me Why ending again Where it ends in a minor chord You've not heard before It's a nice touch Yeah Yeah Okay, I'm going to quickly get into this one. Uh, This is one. I don't care if you mock me for this. Uh, You just said that for that last one. All right. The first song I mentioned, Loving Grease, on the show, I've never mentioned this to you before on the show. The first song I fell in love with as a four-year-old, and in fact, there's a picture of me holding on to a jukebox, climbing on a jukebox, smiling at Disney World as a four-year-old. Because my parents said I wouldn't let anybody else play any other song. The first song that burrowed in my brain, Tony, is Saturday Night by the (laughs) Bay (laughs) fucking City Rollers. Scotland's Beatles. No offense, (laughs) Mull of Kintyre, Bagpipers. Um, But uh, that song, I mean, the Bay City Rollers very quickly became a joke. But Saturday Night was ubiquitous for much of the late 70s. And there's something about the structure of that. It's a little pop. It's almost more like the Gentrys keep on dancing oh, than, an I early, love the than an early Beatles song. Yeah, it's, it's poppier than early Beatles. The changes aren't as adventurous, but the spirit of it and the hook of it, I've always loved. And the first song I loved, and I still love it to this day. Basically, Royce had a couple of decent songs. They have a great cover of uh, "I Only Want to Be with You," um, the song by uh, who the fuck sang "I Only Want to Be with You." Well,
1: we
2: raspberries?
0: Uh, no. No, it's uh it's a woman. It doesn't matter what you go or what you oh, do. Oh, oh, oh. Da 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 moment of the day with who is that? <laughs> Dusty Springfield.
2: Is that who did? Okay, yeah, British. I yes. think it's Springfield, yeah. Yes.
0: They do a great cover of that. They have a, an original song they call Rock and Roll Love Letter. The Bay City Rollers weren't as big of a joke as history to remember them as, but Saturday Night feels Beatlesque, and I just love everything about it. I know it's cheesy. That's how I feel. On
1: Saturday night, Saturday night, to the rhythm in our and On Saturday night,
2: You know what, man, when you put this on that list and I, I really was like, really? OK. And so I gave it a spin because when I hear that song, I just think of the acapella bit, you know, with the S-A-T-U-R-D, you know, but then when the music actually kicks in, when like chords and things start happening, yeah, it has that poppy slash there's a melancholy thing going on, which also... To me, later would remind me of that, like like Dexy's Midnight R- Run Riders, Runners, whatever the fucking band was that yeah. did "Come On Eileen," where there's like it's such a party song, but there's something really sad about that song. Like yes. the music is sad. So I, I I get it, I get it. And then like the, I would say the Beatles song that it closest resembled to me was "Birthday." There's like a yeah, birthday what thing a great going camp. on, yeah. right? Because it breaks down with the drums and like that to me has like, that's the S-A-T-U-R part. Like it's this party anthem. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, but then it also, but it goes into the Beatle like poppy melancholy thing. So uh, yeah. No, actually, I, I grew to appreciate this song yeah, from you right? putting it on the list. So. Well,
0: because again, history is not remembered to kindly. It's a cheesy 70s song. If I were born in a different era, maybe I wouldn't have felt it. But when that's all that's playing on the radio when you're four or five years old, like that song just hit me like a ton of bricks. First song I remember loving. I, I had the 45 on Arista. I still remember the 45 of it. I still have it. So like, yeah, yeah I played I play the fuck out of this.
2: Yeah. Now, you were saying I picked an, an artist that violated some of the rules. Oh, is it the Bonzo Dog Band? Yeah, because Neil Innes. Because Neil Innes. Which is great. Right. Because Neil Innes wrote the majority, if not all, of the uh, Ruddles songs. And sang the John lines, yeah. And sang all the John stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, I was saying no Ruddles. So I wasn't saying no Neil Innes. I was just saying no Ruddles. But I'm going to press stop. Let's redo the
0: episode. I'm serious. (laughs) Hold on. Let me delete this. Five, (laughs) four. (laughs)
2: Countdown for deleting. I know. Yeah. I'm arguing about this. But what's funny is I think, uh, okay. So similarly, TJ, you have uh, a Fountains of Wayne track on there on your list as well. And didn't. Adam Schlesinger, write uh, that thing you do. I think he wrote all those. Yes, he. Yeah. Yes, he did. So, so we actually we both we have a failed. crossover on. That. Yeah, but Love fountains of but Wayne. the fountains of Wayne is not the Oneaters and right. the Bonzos are not uh, the Ruddles. So uh, I picked uh, "Piggy Bank Love." I mean, they have a lot of songs that could be Beatlesque, but to me, "Piggy Bank Love" from 1967's Gorilla this to me always felt like it was maybe like a character song that maybe Paul would have composed. Yes.
1: She runs a green shield library, saves everything she's got for her wedding day. Save all day, that's okay, to give me some.
2: I've always liked this song. I mean, it's sung in a falsetto. That's not quite a Beatle thing, but the vibe on it with the horns, the the, the different uh, instrumentation, the saxophone, yeah. yeah, the sax, the sax, which is technically a woodwind, but yeah, but it's also a horn. But yeah,
0: <laughs> I like that Jim Horn was the horn leader for the uh, '70s George Harrison concerts. <laughs> that's Jim right. Jim Horn.
2: That's right. And uh, Mike Ditka's middle name is Football, and he was the coach of the Bears.
0: Oh, wish he still was. I wish he'd talk about his politics more often.
1: Ditka also said, if you want to kneel during the national anthem, you should go to another country
2: and play football.
1: What other country? We're the only ones dumb enough to spend our Sundays wearing tights and giving each other brain damage.
0: Can I bring up another one of yours, Tony? Sure. From a TV show that's one that I remember the show, but don't remember what you sent me and it changed me. Oh
2: must <laughs> go ahead, yeah.
0: You you have the banana splits wait till tomorrow, which has its own music video. Yes, of them what driving around. The fuck. <laughs> I, I love it. I watch it three times.
2: TJ, I'm going to turn you on to the Banana Splits because all their songs sound like this. There's half of them sound like soul music and the other half sound like this bubblegum, amazing pop. Uh, Yeah. Wait till tomorrow. There's an album, an LP called Where the Banana Splits came out in 68. Uh, I love this album. Uh, They also put out a couple seven inches through Kellogg's Cereal that are also just as amazing. I'm going to turn you on to the Banana Splits. They were an amazing band, and they actually had people like Joey Levine, the godfather of gum. Uh, Yeah,
0: Maroon 5.
2: (laughs) No, this is before all that shit. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is uh, the godfather of bubblegum music. I think he was called Joey Levine. Yeah, him. I want to say Barry White wrote a song. There was a country song, Two Ton Tessie, whatever, which is a love song. She
1: does be great.
2: Anyway, it's a it's a good record. And a lot of these songs have these awesome videos of them, like goofing around at the King's Island or whatever, you know, like all these amusement parks <laughs> and putting their like their costume heads on backwards and like doing weird <laughs> 60s shit. <laughs>
0: Great shots of late '60s San Francisco in the video you sent me. Yeah. Although the, maybe the Golden Gate Bridge, the end of the video looks like the beginning of the TV show Taxi. I'm gonna <laughs> up the Taxi theme to
2: it. <laughs> yeah, they definitely ripped that off of that '70s show Taxi. <laughs> oh, speaking of that '70s show, that was that was another pick of yours too, Big Star.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I had Big Star's "In the Street."
2: Right, famously the theme from uh, that 70s show That's right Yeah, and that
0: to me has a, a real Beatles kind of hook and feel to it A big star. That's all that Alex Chilton stuff. There's yeah. a few tortured artists. That's one. And King for a Day by XTC. A Little later. That's from eighty nine. Eighty nine. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Andy Partridge wrote most of the XTC songs. This was written by what the? I didn't write his name down. Uh, the not other guy? No, that's a different Colin Bluntstone? No, is that's the... the
2: Zombies Yeah, it's uh,
0: the Zombies Not Colin
2: Bluntstone. Who the fuck? I don't, actually don't know the other guys Let me Yeah, I'd have to look it up XTC guy
0: This song, King for a Day I remember being a radio Like an early XRT song In 89 And uh, not written by Andy Partridge But a great song
1: Everyone's creeping up to the money
0: Eighty-nine was a cool year too, with all love for what came with grunge in the early nineties. Eighty-nine for like the last gasp for older styles of music to really ascend.
2: Well, I remember that album cover for the Oranges and uh, Oranges and Lemons. Oranges and Lemons, like Great that was, album. That was like that was when I was like probably peaking or whatever, early peaking. Yeah, man, four twenty part two. <laughs> Peak it and tweak it. You know what I'm talking about, Haas. <laughs> With the Beatles, like, in 89, I was heavily, like, I was about to get into the Who, but I was still just all about the Beatles in 89. Yeah, I remember seeing that cover. It looked like a Beatles cover. It looked like those Beatles portraits that uh, got all psychedelic or whatever, where Ringo has the bird on his finger or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like a collection of Beatles oldies. Yes. With the slightly different colors, but it looked like that that kind of pop art cover. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like a lot of XTC. The early stuff, too, also had kind of like that punk vibe, but also very pop and Beatles. Yeah. I thought the vocals sounded a lot like McCartney in the middle.
1: Only once, so you right. no time to
2: Despite the gated snare drum. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, that, that's 89. I 89. I mean, yeah. The my, year of my brave face. My problem with 89. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to just point this little bit out. I'm a big fan of the Superfly original soundtrack. Curtis Mayfield, 1972. The opening track is Little Child Running Wild. The whole soundtrack is great. It's one of my top three. I'm not a big soundtracks guy, but it's like Saturday Night Fever, this, and I forget. What's what's my other favorite soundtrack? I forget. (laughs) Star Wars. No, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Uh, At the end of this song... When the lyrics stop and all that and the band kind of cuts out, there's this orchestral moment. And that, to me, has always sounded like a George Martin, Sgt. Pepper era, or maybe even something like off of Abbey Road, actually, maybe. Because it's very yeah. crisp and clear. And again, like there's a touch of sadness going on because Superfly ultimately is a tragic tale. Great movie, too, Ron O'Neill. Never seen it. I mean, it's a black exploitation movie of its time, shot for nothing. You do get to see Curtis Mayfield perform... Pusher man I think, like in a club, which is cool. Him playing in open F sharp. <laughs> His weird guitar tuning. It's a salt and pepper cover. <laughs> you said push it, man. No, pusher man. <laughs> I'm your pusher man. Now I mentioned Fountains of Wayne. like yeah, do you want to talk about that one?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna quickly give a couple more. I'm not gonna really get into, but Fountains of Wayne is a band that I love. Their album Utopia Parkway has some Beatles songs, but their opening song from Welcome Interstate Managers, the album famous for Stacey's Mom, has Mexican Wine, which has a very Beatles-esque middle section. The instrumental, their keyboard horns, but that always kind of felt like a Beatles, a Beatles moment to me. Melotron. Like a Mellotron. A couple other quickies. We haven't talked ELO. The song yeah. All Over the World from the Xanadu soundtrack. Yeah. The the chorus to me feels like an early Beatles song drenched in a mid to late Beatles period surrounding. Yeah. Lowe's Cruel To Be Kind from 79. I, I love, love that That, that love feels that. like a cross between No Reply and Good Day Sunshine. It's got that going on with it.
1: You gotta be cruel to be kind yeah.
0: I saw the light by Todd Rundgren's a favorite of mine.
1: I saw the light in your
0: eyes. Matthew Sweet's girlfriend,
1: I would sure love to call you my girlfriend.
0: Oliver's Army by Elvis Costello.
1: Here to stay. You can't
0: sing half of that song anymore either, but those are some right. of the other Beatles songs that I just have always loved.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Another one that you mentioned I really liked is the Raspberries Go All the Way. I left that
0: out. I love that song. What a great Beatly song!
2: to me is very Beatles that's like that and the big star song those power pop songs like I mean basically the Beatles eventually created power pop and to me it sounds like oh if they hadn't broken up maybe maybe they would have sounded like big star or the raspberries
0: that Raspberry's tune is a great song. That's always, yeah. I'm glad I didn't forget about that. Thanks for bringing that up. That Raspberry's tune feels like, please, please me era Beatles. And as you know, that's my favorite Beatles song. So I love that tune. Those harmonies are so rich, not a lot of interesting chord changes, but they're thoughtful and gorgeous.
2: Yeah. And Eric Carmen, of course was in the raspberries. Yeah. To me it's like the verse sounded like George and the chorus sounded like Paul. Yes. And there's these moments where I think the guitar kind of goes like up. That to me, it felt like part of the Abbey Road, the long one bit when they like around the, the end when they're doing their their guitar stretching out and all that.
0: You had a couple others too, John, including a great breeder's tune I'd never heard.
2: Oh yeah. Well, last splash, like yeah. I have always I've loved the Breeders. In fact, I'm going to go see them. They're playing this year in Indianapolis somewhere and I'm going to go see them. Last Splash, a lot of people always say Pod is their favorite record, the, the one that came their first one uh produced by Albini. I, I actually like the big the big hit album with it's the one that's got uh, Cannonball on it. It's called Last Splash. It came out in 93, but the song after Cannonball is an obscure one called Invisible Man and uh It's that moment in the second chorus when there's a Mellotron, I believe, that comes in. When i first heard that i think i was on a road trip you know when i was this when it came out when this is brand new i'm like 18 or whatever and uh i heard that and i was like i was just hooked and it it it, put, it always put me in the mind of the beatles and i'm only a few years removed from discovering them at this point so the beatles are still a very fresh band to me and i guess they're always kind of fresh you know We're just, i'm not tired of talking about these guys you know what i mean oh i never will be yeah yeah, that's what's kind of wonderful. They just keep on giving. But yeah, this this breeder song for sure.
0: And you mentioned, I'd not seen the documentary, The 7-Ups, but you had a song by the oh, Monotones yeah. called What Would I Do? Talk about that, because I, I wrote that's the closest thing to a Beatles-influenced song on both of our lists. That almost feels like a pastiche.
2: Yes. So, right, the 7-Up TV series, these uh, documentaries that were done in the UK, starting, I want to say, in 64. Uh, when these kids were all seven and the premise is they revisit these kids every seven years so we check in on them again when they're 14 21 it's like football scoring you know and uh american football thank you god's football (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway every time they cut to the seven-year-old version of these kids in 1964 they always cut to this like party scene where they're just hanging out and being children. And this band, the monotones is playing with the song. What would I do? And it, it, to me, it always just encapsulated the Beatles.
1: What would I do if you
2: It's that thing we were talking about at the beginning of this show, you know, using Beatle music to convey the Beatles, but you can't afford the Beatles. So what do you use? And you're right. This is because this is period. I want to say this did come out in 64, this song. It had to if it was in the series. So it doesn't sound like dumb, like, I don't know what session musicians are getting paid to like, I don't know, let's put tremolo on our guitar. Maybe that's the Beatles, you know? (laughs) Let's
0: just hire the tremolos. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I've always loved this song and uh yeah it was up on a great website years ago called Garage Hangover and you used to be able to just download all these obscure regional garage rock 7-inches from the day uh, for free and it was amazing and I burned them all to CD like I think it's all shut down now so I on like CDRs I have all this stuff but that was one of the songs that was on there <laughs>
0: That's absolutely awesome. I think what shows I think what makes this show successful Tony is you and I have a lot in common and we're also a little bit different. I was more of a fan of the Sprites and I think you and I had Rock and Roller Cola wars. <laughs>
1: Wars, I can't take it anymore. I cannot.
2: This is our last show. I can't take this anymore. Uh, what are you? Are you? Are you a Pepsi man or are you? Or are you a Coke girl? <laughs> That's the difference. I'll tell you
0: what I am. I'm AIDS crack Bernie Getz <laughs> Worst lyric of any charting <laughs> song ever.
2: That is a great. Uh, so. so all right, so when you submit your favorite Beatlesque songs to us, also <laughs> enter our contest, what is a worse lyric than AIDS crack Bernie gets? Uh, <laughs> it's the Untitled Beatles lyric contest. Uh, I am Tony Mendoza for the Untitled Beatles podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm TJ Shanoff, uh, uh, and uh, there's lots of competition for worse song lyrics in the song We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> yeah. JFK wrote away. What else do I have to say? Well, the president was killed. Maybe a little more respect.
2: What else, what else do I have to say? <laughs> if you like us, subscribe to us. Thanks to our producer Casey Baker, who helps throw all these things together. We talk for hours and hours, and we try and make it palatable to you, our beloved listener. Uh, if you love us as much as we love you, you know you'll write a review. On Apple Podcasts Or where, wherever as, as they say I love this Or wherever you listen to podcasts I don't know, I don't care Wherever you do it, I don't, I don't give a fuck Yeah, pay me, bitch <laughs> What's in the bowl, bitch? <laughs> right now we're free And that's good And we do this out of love for you Thank you for listening I think it will always be free
0: this better not always be free. I'm only doing this for the kizash.
2: <laughs> I'm only doing this for the mustache.
0: <laughs> hey, ember. Reminds me of my favorite Beatles piano song. Rent almost may be a Republican. Pay your fucking
2: bills. <laughs> Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Rince almost made me a Republican There's a t-shirt <laughs> That'll be our weird merch that we sell <laughs>
0: <laughs> Like the, the weird The inside joke said once